Hello and welcome to the Track Chat Show. My name is Alex. And my name is Rory. And Rory, we are back. We are back and it is exciting times for the Track Chat Show. You have to stay and listen to the entire episode to stay for the end to hear about what we've got coming up this weekend. But Rory, before we get to that, we've got to talk about a lot. Actually, we've got a lot to cover from the Sao Paulo Grand Prix in Brazil uh, to some in- more IndyCar silly season because that never stops. Preparing for IMSA, even a hint of Formula E. We've got a lot to cover, Rory Smith, but let's start off again with the Brazilian <laughs> Grand Prix. Uh, Max Verstappen won. Uh, again, let's, we can move that out of the way. Some fun moments there for Lando at the beginning of the race where it looked like he and McLaren, again, looking fast. But um, a really interesting race, you know, and kind of after Max. Uh, we're going to talk about McLaren and Aston Martin there, Ferrari, Charles Leclerc. Poor, poor Charles. Uh, what stood out to you, Rory, though, from a, uh, a very fun, fun-filled, uh, almost uh, penultimate race of the season? Almost. It's the third Almost exactly. I mean, you'd you'd be forgiven for thinking that the season was over, given that the the drivers' champions already been named. But it's all still to play for with the teams, which we're going to cover off uh, shortly. But yeah, it, you know, Sao Paulo is always a track that delivers, right? We were just talking yeah. uh, off the mics for a second there about how much we we want to go and see a race in Sao Paulo. I am yet to yeah. go there. Um, I always think it would be the most fantastic place to go and watch Formula One, but. Um, it delivered. It was it was it was an exciting race uh, for yeah. Formula One. I, I don't think we can take that away from it. And it was yeah. a battle of attrition. You know, six yeah. six drivers retiring: um, George Russell, Alfa Romeo drivers, uh, Haas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then um, Ferrari, Ooh. and then Alex Albon as well. I just have to call this out. When you look at the results from the race, right? George Russell DNF, Bottas DNF. Joe, DNF, Magnuson, DNF, Albon, DNF, Charles Leclerc, a DNS, a did not start because <laughs> in the formation lap, Charles Leclerc found himself in the wall, evidently some hydraulic issue. But I just got to say, like, that is so Ferrari to have a DNS, not not a DNS, yeah. just a DNS, right? It's it's really what you don't want, isn't it? It's it's like you didn't he's even a get a chance. He's had like, remember, obviously in um, in Monaco, he had his famous one where uh, he blew out uh, the the engine went out in the formation yeah. lap. I think he's had a few others. Like this is, I mean, even on the team radio, he says something like, "How does this always happen to me?" <laughs> it's, like, it's the it's I know the the story of. Um, of Charles Leclerc is going to be a long and sad tale whenever someone decides to publish that. I know someone has recently done a biography of him, but uh, I don't think they'll have included the, the sad chapter that is Gosh, this season. Gotta love a 26-year-old's biography, because, you know, that, that, that will, <laughs> that, that'll certainly age well. Nothing else to be said after that. 26, and you can ship it. Ship it. I think, arguably, they should have probably waited a little bit, because we hope, fingers crossed, and he probably hopes more than anyone else, that there's there's better news to come for his career. But yeah, yeah the memes are circulating. Um, anyone that follows any kind of F1 account will have definitely seen a lot of sad-looking Charles Leclerc, yeah. um, which is understandable. The poor guy just can't catch a break and can't even start a race, uh, which, is, which is never great. So... Um, yeah, it was a thrilling race. I, I enjoyed it, actually. I enjoyed watching it. And um, yeah, uh, it, it's it, apart from Max winning again, which is just par for the course these days, you know, the, you got to look elsewhere for the action. And it was there. It was it was fun. Yeah. I mean, one other thing to consider here, or one other thing to chat about here is Aston Martin's uh, 
really solid performance in this race. I think a lot of people had written them off just because McLaren's been on this, you know, meaty, you know, this fantastic rise up the standings, but also just in performances weekend to weekend with Lando, you know, pretty much finishing on the podium is a regular thing now to see him up there. Um, but Aston Martin this weekend, third yeah. and fifth, uh, Alonso put on a hell of a performance uh, those last few laps versus Sergio Perez, showing again that this guy deserves to be in Formula One and probably could race for a couple more years here. I mean, he's still got yeah. it and then some. Uh, but Lance Stroll, you know, picking up his end of the bargain and uh, showing up, nice solid fifth. I think this was an interesting race where, you know, Mercedes did not look good um, in a lot of this. Uh, Ferrari, when they were on track, Carlos Sainz looked pretty fast, but. Um, Aston Martin showing that, you know, with yeah. two races left in the season, only 21 points behind uh, McLaren, that this is very much uh, a fight uh, to the end. Yeah. No, I mean, Alonso, it was reminiscent at the start of the season seeing Alonso back yeah, exactly. on the podium, plus the, you know, last, the final podium playing lap of him passing Sergio Perez or Perez sneaking past Alonso and then Alonso just blasting past to claim the podium, the final podium spot was amazing um any alonso fans out there would have been celebrating i'm sure but you know when i spoke to him at the start of this season before we had any races he's just keen as hell like he's, he's still there's no feeling of retirement in him despite his age despite his track record and despite a, a pretty dry spell in the center of this season yeah he's still he's still he's still champion a bit he still thinks yeah. he's got race wins he still thinks he's he actually still thinks he's got a championship in his uh, in his back pocket. So I mean, you know, we're at an interesting point how the season has evolved. Where you know, you take away Max, just Max, right? You don't have to take away Checo as well, but you just take away Max from that car, and we've got a really, really competitive season on our hands. Um, yeah, especially I mean, if you go from the second half of the season on with McLaren's rise, you know, Mercedes picking up their performance. Like you've got this is a, a really interesting season to watch. So I hope this, you know, is a hint for next year that if, you know, McLaren and Mercedes Ferrari can, and even Aston Martin can find that little gap to Max's car and Max's car specifically, like we're looking, you know, it's it's not inconceivable that we have a competitive Formula One season from start to finish. Um, believe it's it or not. not, it's not inconceivable. Maybe there's some absolute devastating fire at Red Bull headquarters when no one gets hurt, but Jeez. all the cars just burning a fireball and they have to start again and that might make it even next season but who knows things can change who knows well speaking of things that are changing uh after this weekend which we'll talk about uh soon uh next weekend we've got the las vegas grand prix um vegas baby vegas grand prix we've already <laughs> you know been told about all of the different musical performances and different cirque de soleil performances that are going to be but happening. that's the main that's the main thing right you know everyone's going for the entertainment f1's a I, side side event <laughs> i mean look it's gonna be amazing watching those cars go down the las vegas strip how interesting the race is i think is you know no one knows um, again, we talked about a few episodes ago. There's a lot of rumblings around the commercial viability of this race is is up in the air a bit. You know, F1's charging a hell of a lot of money and put a hell of a lot of money into this race. And so they've got to make that back because F1, keep in mind, F1 has put a stake in the ground in Vegas. I believe they're building a permanent facility there as well. So there's a lot of money going into this. Um, whether or That's not a sponsors, risk. Yeah, it's a, a big permanent risk, facility. Right? Wow. 
right? <laughs> it's it's you know they bought a they bought a whole parking lot just to have like the paddock area, like a pot of bought a piece of real estate on, off of the Vegas Strip, right? So this is Yikes. this is not a cheap uh, cheap endeavor. You almost think they would want some of Andretti's six hundred million dollar uh, six hundred million dollars to uh, help us <laughs> out of that, um, but uh, you know here we are. Absolutely. And I heard this. Here's the in- interesting inside track. I was speaking to uh, Dunos while I was speaking to a hotel boss the other day who was um, who looks after a lot of hotels in the US. Yeah. He doesn't have any hotels in Vegas, but he was saying that the feeling among hotel owners in Vegas is 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 pretty bad towards the F1 because it's turned away a lot of the regular Vegas, you know, um, people that travel there for gambling, whatever. Uh, they've covered, F1 has covered the road so that if you're staying in a hotel suite and you're looking down on the road, you can't see the racing. So that stops anyone who's booked a room thinking, I can also just watch the race from the hotel. That ain't so going to happen. So, um, I yeah, it, it kind of, F1 does this. It goes to cities, it sort of pisses everyone off and then never happens again. But uh, yeah. let's see how the Vegas, turns, the Vegas Grand Prix turns out. I've heard yeah. rumors of ticket prices. I think you probably know better than I do. Oh my God. Crazy, crazy money for ticket top ticket prices. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, Well, we'll talk more about uh, Vegas, I think, in our next episode. Um, But uh, more to come there. Quickly on the IndyCar front, uh, some interesting IndyCar silly season updates. The biggest of which, Hunko's Hollinger Racing, uh, the small team paired of the IndyCar former IndyCar Indy Next uh, owner, and uh, I believe his name is Richard Hollinger, who used to be part of the Williams uh, Williams team. Callum Eilat, their star F2 driver who came over to kind of lead that team, is now gone. Uh, for those of you who followed along with his season, a lot of toxic uh, social media response uh, to him uh, from, you know, no fault of his own, really, but his uh, teammate, Augustine Canapino, who's kind of seen as a hero in Argentina. Uh, a lot of vitriol and hate uh Callum's way and the team did not defend him very well um, at all put out a statement after the first incident and then barely did anything after the second Callum and the team not very happy uh, or Callum not very happy with the team Um, and then they split this late in the season which you know IndyCar season's been done now for over a month and a half not many seats left not many competitive seats left it was rumored that McLaren was very interested in in having Callum as part of their team Um, but had to move elsewhere when uh, it was said that he was not going to be able to. So he's gone looking for a new spot. And Roman Grosjean, uh, the former Andretti driver, uh, is now on the Hunko's Hollinger team. So a team that just had a bunch of social media issues has brought in Roman Grosjean. So everything is going to go well. Um, I'm <laughs> sure everything is going to go very, very well. No, Nothing to see here. Absolutely. Uh, well, good to see Grosjean still in IndyCar, to be honest, because, you know, I was fearful that he wouldn't find another drive and then who knows what he would do. But um, I guess it keeps things exciting, both on social media and on track, which is what we want to see, right? Yeah. It's going to be... I mean, I really hope Callum finds a good seat because he deserves it. Um, he's a great mm. driver and someone who, uh, you know, IndyCar needs to keep in our stable before he goes and just does prototype racing somewhere else, um, which he could surely do. But I think he's, he, you know, I want to see him in a single seater. I think he's going to be, um, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And then also Pietro Fittipaldi. Um, yes. The grandson of Christian Fittipaldi is back in IndyCar. He actually started his career in IndyCar back in the day. Um, still a Haas reserve driver. Uh, I think we might see him in Abu Dhabi. Uh, but now he's going to be full time next year at Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan, Lanigan racing. So uh, excited to see uh, Pietro back and his little brother, 
uh, tested alongside him recently at a test at Sebring. So uh, who knows? He might be seeing two of them. Hell of a motorsport family, that, right? It's, um, it really is. Rare that it, really it travels is. down that many generations, but uh, credit to them for uh, for that. That That is quite impressive. Um, yeah, and then anything else on the IndyCar front, or are we... No. We're finally we're finally cooling down. A couple of a couple of driver spots still to be filled out, but uh, nothing of too much consequence, right? AJ Foyt, some of the smaller teams have to fill out the yeah. rest of their teams, but yeah, nothing of huge consequence at the moment. Well, we will keep you all posted on anything more IndyCar. I'll just step in and just quickly yeah. update people on Formula E actually, because yes, we we announced when we when we relaunched this season that we were going to be a broad church and we're covering all aspects of motorsports. So. We cannot forget the fact that Formula E has just, well, just uh, finished testing in Valencia. So that's pre-season testing. The season's about to kick off um, just towards the end of the year. But yeah, exciting because Jaguar, TCS Racing, who is probably one of the better teams within um, the championship, certainly challenged for, well, many race wins with Mitch Evans have just replaced their other driver. Mitch Evans' teammate was Sam Bird. He's moved and Nick Cassidy's come into his place. And Nick Cassidy used to drive for a team called Envision. I think we went over a lot of this on the episode with Saunders. Uh, Worth looking back at that one. We had our special guest Saunders, Carmichael Brown, who uh, is the presenter for Formula E. So track back and listen to that one again if you want more Formula E updates. But what's exciting is both Jaguar drivers topped the standings in testing um by by a good well uh nick cassidy was actually equal with antonio felix da costa who races for porsche tag her porsche mm. um but cassidy and evans at the top and actually i think mitch is well overdue a championship title in formula e. so maybe just maybe this is the start of something amazing for him this season he's been in the sport for a long time he's been in the series for a long time so fingers crossed for him but Overall, uh, looking good and exciting ahead of the Formula E season. Um, How was Nick DeFreeze? DeFreeze, yeah, absolutely. So DeFreeze, for anyone who hasn't been following, has rejoined the Formula E stable. He was the former champion, world champion, under when he was driving for Mercedes. He's come back in at Mahindra, and he finished 18th in the overall times. I mean, worth, worth, worth stating that... Yep testing is not exactly you know a precise science let's not let's not say this is going to be the championship order for the rest of the season a lot of people sandbag which is where they don't necessarily show their true for true performance um some are just out running the car i'll never understand i'll never understand why people think sandbagging is a strategy it's it's potentially the oldest strategy it's like a medieval strategy for racing Right. Yeah, just probably like, when they didn't have, hold it you know, back. Probably when there wasn't a word strategy, they were like, "Let's just sandbag," and they were like, "Yeah, let's do that. That makes sense." I just don't get it. Right? Like, why waste time not developing your car, like not knowing what it's capable of? It makes no sense. Yeah, running it at sort of three quarters of its potential. It's like, what's that going to do? Yeah, maybe it dates back to chariot racing when that was the only <laughs> thing they could possibly do. Who knows? Anyway, drivers still do it, and it yeah. uh, appears to be a, a marginally successful tactic for some teams. Nick De, yeah, Nick DeFries finished 18th. So he's back at Mahindra now. I would say that was an odd move for Nick, but I guess he didn't have an awful lot of choice after being yeah. spelled out of F1. Did a 
MBA at Harvard for what seemed to be about two days and then got back into Formula E. I think actually he might still be doing his MBA at Harvard, so we won't take that away from him. But um, actually, I'm actually shocked that, I mean, yes, he's obviously had major success in Formula E, but I almost feel like I'm, I'm still surprised he didn't choose IndyCar over Formula E, just considering he's got a lot of pressure heading into Formula E and, and IndyCar. Yeah. I think he, was, he would have a lot of just new interests. The expectations would be somewhat lower, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think Saunders said this, but, you know, you would think, if you thought about it on the surface, you'd think as a team principal in Formula E, you'd think, great, yeah, absolutely, we're going to jump at the chance to hire a former world champion. But then you look at the other side of the coin and you think, you're hiring a guy who's just been spat out pretty publicly and pretty viciously from the F1 cycle. That's going to have a big effect on his confidence levels. So yeah. you're technically hiring someone who, yes, has got a great previous track record in Formula E, but is probably not where they should be mentally right now or, or not at their full potential. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, you know, I hope Nick does well. He's uh, he's a very good driver, but I'm not entirely convinced he's in the right machine yeah. uh, for the job. He's not. I don't think he's in anything close to what his Mercedes was back in the day at Formula E. So um, we'll see how he gets on when the season kicks off. Yep. And then on the other side of the, the racing world, we have uh, IMSA starting to kind of formulate some of their driver lineups and whatnot. I think some notable um, announcements recently for those listening to this podcast. Wayne Taylor Racing, which if you rem- uh, remember last year, Andretti acquired and is now a partner of. Um, they added Brendan Hartley and Colton Herta to their endurance lineup. So those are the drivers who will be part of the Daytona 24, the Sebring 12 Hours, the uh, Petit Le Mans race. Um, and also uh, likely the mall next year, which is really exciting. So um, good to see Colton Herta get some exposure to the sports sports car world. Um, and Brendan Hartley, of course, is known as one of the top, I think, uh, kind of ringer drivers in the uh, yeah. sports car world. So it'll be exciting to see th- them too. Yeah, definitely. And the other news is that uh, Lamborghini obviously getting into uh, IMSA and endurance racing full stop with a yep. pretty amazing looking prototype car it's entering into the gtp class that's the top top end of the um of the spectrum when you look at all the classes across imsa and endurance racing gtp is the top so yeah they've just launched their hybrid um lamborghini sc63 lmdh car Mm. there we go rolls off the tongue so um that will be quite exciting to see that run at daytona Oh, and also uh, Alex Albon, uh, supposedly rumored to be going to Wayne Taylor Racing as part of that driver lineup. Does not look like that will happen now. So Alex Albon, just an FYI, will not be part of Daytona 24, which is a bummer because we were talking about how it would be great to see some more F1 drivers and um, do other do other kinds of racing. But it seems like we'll have to wait another year. Back to the good old days of racing drivers jumping out of a single seater into a sports car, into a rally car, etc., etc. It'd, it'd be great. It'd be great, but... Alas. It would. Well, Rory, Alas, those why don't you tell the why don't gone. you tell the listeners what they've been waiting for? The big news that we wanted to reveal now to them ahead of a very exciting weekend for you and I. Go for it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, loyal listeners, you've made it this far into the podcast, so we'll treat you to the to the to the news we hinted at when we first started, and that is that Alex and I will be meeting in Napa, in Sonoma, to be attending the Velocity Invitational Motorsport Meeting, which is taking place at the Sonoma Raceway. And this is exciting for many reasons. Alex Mm -hmm. and I have worked together for many years now. Close to five, I think, Alex, right? Yeah, We're we're knocking on the door of maybe five years. 
we have not met in person so this will be the first time that we're meeting in person that's right and what a place to meet at i'm coming to your end of the world alex for those who don't know and his accent doesn't give it away that he is from the us of a and spends his time between new york and the west coast of america so we're heading over there i'm hoping it's going to be a little bit sunnier than the uk right now and i'm I'm sure it will be we are going to be hitting up sonoma raceway we are going to be interviewing many drivers there which is the most exciting part for this podcast so we are going to be taking some time with alexander rossi zach brown alistair mccray uh brandon semenek the american rally willing champion plus many others so stay tuned we've got more stay tuned wait we... did you hear that listeners we're be talking to indy <laughs> 500 winner alexander rossi mclaren team principal ceo zach brown that's right and and more so just get ready and you know People know this about us. If you listen, we're we're gonna ask we're gonna ask some fun questions. It's not gonna be your typical blah blah. You know, what do you think of this? It's gonna be we're gonna get some answers out of these people. It's gonna be great. Absolutely. So we will give you all the update when we've uh, had the weekend, and we'll we'll tell you all about it. And you'll be you'll be hearing from these people as the series goes on. So very exciting there. And for those who don't know, the uh, Velocity Invitational is a classic motorsport meeting. Uh, held in the USA this time it's at the Sonoma Raceway in Napa just above San Francisco so very exciting times mm-hmm. going to be some great cars on track some historic stuff some yes. of those drivers that we've just mentioned are going to be driving those classic cars too so it's a yeah. lot like for those British and European fans the Goodwood Revival yeah only with wine yes oh, great mix I, and I'm not going <laughs> to complain yes I saw I saw McLaren posted a photo the other day they shipped like looked like a dozen or so of like just some famous uh, F1 oh, yeah. cars um, I'm lucky and... enough to have been to McLaren MTC McLaren Technology Center in Woking in Surrey uh-huh. which in their I mean if anyone doesn't know what this building looks like it imagine like the most futuristic bond layer yeah on a lake it's exactly that and um, I had a meeting there quite a few years ago now but in the entrance hall which is which has plate glass windows out overlooking the lake and what then ron dennis's office was also just mounted above here on its own in like a glass cage with a glass elevator going up to it it's crazy but in the entrance lobby there are all of the or not all of them because there's so many there's some of the most iconic mclaren racing cars you've got everything from like a mclaren f1 that won le mans all the way to senna's f1 cars you know you name it iconic racing cars galore i'm so excited ah it's gonna be fun fun. so be on the lookout next week we're gonna have gosh a ton of great content coming out over the next few weeks for this race for vegas grand prix um we're gonna have some fun uh absolutely i'm pumped rory and if you if you do spot us if you don't know what we look like go on our instagram account track chat show you'll see two pictures of us if you do see us come say hi we would be delighted to meet our listeners that's right. We're a friendly. We're a friendly uh, couple. Oh, we're very friendly. We're very professional friendly. couple. That's right. <laughs> um, and if you see me with a glass of wine, that's okay. You can still come up and say hi. Um, <laughs> so, Rory, I will see you. I'll see you on Friday, Rory, which is a fun thing to say. And then uh, we'll uh, we'll give the listeners. You know what? We'll definitely give our, our our viewers and our followers on Instagram a behind the scenes look at the Velocity Invitational over the weekend. So, um, be sure to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter because we'll be uh, sharing some behind the scenes content. But um, Excited, Rory. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. 
All right. Just going to get myself over there now. So, uh, yeah, I will do see that. See you in a bit. We'll chat soon, Rory, and uh, see you on Friday. All right. Thank you, loyal listeners, and we'll be keeping you posted on all our updates. Thanks for listening.